I don't care how mature you think you are in the faith. It is possible for you to be manipulated by Satan. It is possible for you to be tempted into sin. It is possible for you to be deceived. It is. It is possible for you to be broken. Alone. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions Podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke. Welcome to episode 140. Another Monday morning or whatever morning that you're watching this at. I'm privileged to be behind this mic. I'm privileged to be in a position um, to communicate messages to you that can hopefully be edifying and, of course, glorify God. Um, I'm going to get straight to it today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, I don't have any announcements. Um, all I know is that God is good. God is good. And I'm going to get straight to it because I think that this message is very important. Um, and yeah, it might sound weird, but at no point in time am I, I want to be very clear, am I, am I praising the devil? But it's one thing that I need us to walk away from this episode knowing is that the devil's stronger than you. For a long time, I, deal, I dealt with temptations. I dealt with certain urges in my sinful nature. And you know what I would do? I would ask God, God, if you just take away this urge and take away this temptation, then I would never have to fall into anything. Right? Make the devil stop. Something about the devil is he's very ambitious. He's very determined. You don't have to motivate him to anything. And he's not going to stop attacking you. He's not going to stop whooping on you. He likes it. He really, really hates us human beings. And it doesn't help that when he presents us with something that's tempting, that we have this sinful nature that so much so wants to grasp onto that thing that we're being tempted with. It doesn't help that we have this sinful nature that wants to do the things that the devil puts in front of us. But ultimately, what we're going to learn today is that, yes, we are being attacked. And we're even going to touch on the fact that, yes, God even allows us to be attacked in some cases. But ultimately, one thing is true, that we are more than conquerors through Christ that we are overcomers. Jesus Christ has already overcome this world in every tribulation that the devil can possibly throw at us. And because of that, we are overcomers. That's what we're going to talk about today. The devil, his demons, they're not going to stop. They won't ease up. They will continue to tempt you. They will continue to bother you. They are determined for your downfall. The devil's goal is to get you to die a non-believer. That is the goal. It's important for us to understand that. That is the goal. His goal is for your life to end with you being separated from God. Because what that means is that then you are going to experience an entire eternity separated from God. He hates you. That's the motivation that he has. He absolutely hates you. We are in a war. I know that doesn't sound right. Nobody likes war. But we're in a war. 
We are in a spiritual war. And it's very important for us as believers. And even if you're listening to this episode and you're not a believer, it's very important for you to understand that there's more to reality than meets the eye. There's more to this physical world. There is a spiritual world and we are being attacked spiritually and we are a part of spiritual warfare. It is a real thing. There are certain things that happen in this life, but before it happened in this physical world, the seeds were planted, the actions were taken in the spiritual world. It's called spiritual attacks. And it's important for us to understand that we are in the spiritual warfare for two reasons, I would say. There's probably more reasons, but two reasons. One, it's important for you to understand you're in a war because you need to know that you have enemies. You need to wake up to the reality that there are entities, there are people, persons that want to see your downfall. And I'm not talking about the friend that's hating. I'm talking about the spirit that is influencing that hating friend. You understand it's deeper. We're taking it a step further. We're taking it a couple feet deeper. And it's also important for us to understand that we are in a war because you need to know that you got to fight. So the first thing we're going to do is go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 10 to 13. This is Apostle Paul um, speaking to the church in Ephesus. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the put on the whole gospel, I'm sorry, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. All right. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm going to read that again. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your enemy, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut the verse off. But your enemy is not flesh and blood, ladies and gentlemen. It's deeper. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In this passage, there are two things that we can grasp, that we need to understand. Two things that it's communicating. The first one is that there are legit, literal, spiritual powers working against us, namely the devil and demons, right? And the second thing is this. It didn't just tell us that, hey, we're being attacked spiritually and, you know, run for your lives. No, 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 no. It says the way to stand against these spiritual attacks is by Running to God. As it says in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The way to stand against the spiritual attacks of the enemy is by God's power. Like I told you before, the devil's goal is to have you die a non-believer. That's what he wants you to do. And he has many tricks in his bag in order to get there. There's some that I wrote down. Deception. He deceives people with false gospels, false religions. And yes, by false religions, I mean every faith or religion aside from Jesus Christ crucified. I'm not sugarcoating anything today. And the reason why I'm not sugarcoating anything today is because this is not something that can be coated with sugar. 
There's a clear line that is drawn, ladies and gentlemen, between saved and unsaved. Those that are going to spend eternity with God and those that are going to spend eternity separated from him. And in all, that line that's drawn is faith in Jesus Christ. And that is the reality. And the devil works to deceive people with false religions, with false gospels, false faiths. He hopes to deceive people, especially the ones that have never heard the gospel or never been in the church. Maybe last time they've been in church when they were 12. Deceive people by pro even propping up, and this is me going off script, but even propping up these de facto Christian representatives that only communicate to the world that Christians are hypocritical and judgmental and, and homophobic and, and transphobic and, and misogynistic and, and, and far right. This is all what we call deception. If I tell you that few people in this world actually know what it means to be a child of God. The devil also uses manipulation. He confuses people. He confuses people so then they get to the point where they think that right is wrong and that wrong is right. And we are living in that generation today. That's a fact. Sometimes he offers riches and blessings. He did it to Jesus. Remember in Matthew chapter 4, you can read that. Some of us, we ask ourselves, how come all these unrighteous people are prospering? How come they have so much money? It's the devil's tactic. Pray for them. I'm telling you, pray for them. I'm not saying pray that they be poor. But sometimes, you know, I, don't, I, was, never, I was raised on a farm, but if I'm correct, you got to fatten up the pig. You know what I'm saying? The fatter the pig, you know, the, be the better the meat is or whatever it might be. The devil be fattening some pigs up. He'll give you certain things if that means that you're never going to go back to God, of course. He'll give you distractions. Satan's all about that. And of course, he gives us temptations to lure us into the path of unrighteousness. One thing that I really want to say about temptation and the danger of it is that there are some of us, you know, we fall into the temptation and we automatically we feel bad about it. Thank God that you feel bad about it. Please, thank God that you feel bad about it. Because the danger is that so many of us, it's not that, you know, the main problem is not that we continue to fall, right? Of course, that's a problem. But it's the fact that some of us, we form the habit in falling. And rather than us getting back up and asking God for forgiveness, we get so, we get so used to this habit of sin that in order for us to go on and just not feel guilty, we just try to tell ourselves that what we're doing is not that bad. We try to change the word of God or ignore the word of God, even give ourselves space from word of God. That one friend that always teaching, talking to you about Jesus, we, we, we back away from them for a little bit because we know what we're doing and we don't want to feel bad about it anymore, right? Let's be real. Let's be honest, man. Like, what's, Let's have those conversations. Some of us, rather than admitting that we're wrong, you've been doing something wrong. We'd rather find a way to clear our name and say, oh, well, I'm not doing something wrong because this and says that, and because that says this and this says ABC. What? Huh? 
I'm telling you, we serve a gracious God. I know some people, they're not gracious. But I'm not saying that we serve gracious people. We serve a gracious God. Admit your wrong. I didn't even write this verse down, but some, somewhere in First John, it says, we confess our sins to him and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Just admit it. But the first main point, honestly, uh, I've, I've touched on many points, but the first main point that I want to talk about today was that, yes, the devil has many tricks. And one thing that we need to realize is that you cannot overcome Satan's tricks on your own. You can't do it. He's stronger than you. I don't care how mature you think you are in the faith. It is possible for you to be manipulated by Satan. It is possible for you to be tempted into sin. It is possible for you to be deceived. It is. It is possible for you to be broken. Alone. When you don't run to God. When you don't run to his power to help you. We are not meant to have fair ones with Satan. <laughs> We can't beat them on our own. We can't beat those temptations on our own. You can't overcome that sin on your own. Some of us, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it's a real thing that, you know, maybe some of us, we get so prideful and we think that we are in such a mature state in our faith and then we start to slip up. Then we think that it's okay that we miss, you know, certain days of our devotion time. We stop reading our Bible as much, right? Because we feel like, oh, we're super good Christians because we always serve at the church, whatever it might be. And that's, that's the problem. You get too comfortable. We, we are supposed to never stop growing. We're supposed to never stop striving to get closer and closer and closer to God. But some of us, we get complacent. We get to that good space, right? And then when we start to fall off on our on our spiritual disciplines, right there, the devil strikes again. And this time we were not prepared, unfortunately. The devil is stronger than us when we are alone. He is the wolf and we are the sheep. We need someone to protect us. We need protection and our protection is our shepherd. Which brings me to the second main point of this episode is that the only way for us to withstand the spiritual attacks of the enemy is to run to God. Ephesians chapter 6, we're continuing from verse 13, so I'll read verse 13 and we'll go on to verse 18. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth having put on the bless, the breastplate of righteousness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. May God bless the hearing and reading and understanding of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we're in spiritual warfare. And what we need to do in order to survive, in order to endure, is put on armor. And the armor we're talking about is the armor of God. 
gird yourselves with truth. I read a couple commentaries on this, right? You know, some some of them said like, you know, this this part means you're operating in truthfulness and, and like, you know, you're you're remaining true. Um other other people say you just you're it's about knowing truth, like knowing the word of God and, you know, knowing the truth, right? Um, either one do it, all right? Like I couldn't really decide which one I was gonna choose <laughs> based on the context, but either one, whether it's operating in truth or knowing the truth, you should be doing both, regardless. Um, it says to clothe ourselves with righteousness. That looks like walking in alignment with God, being obedient to God, being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Know the gospel, the gospel of peace. And I love how it calls itself the gospel of peace when I used to always fall into that sin, that sin, right? That was so hard for me to break. I'd always feel super bad. But there was one verse that, well, many verses, but it was one verse that, man, every time I read it, man, I was just restored. I was restored because I remember that God loved me. I remember that that we have peace. I have peace between me and God because, you know, he's forgiven me and I've confessed my sins to him. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The message of the gospel is mankind having peace with the Father. That peace is possible because of Jesus Christ. You feel really bad about the things that you've done. And I'm happy that you feel bad because that shows that you have a heart of repentance. But at the same time, you know, you have to understand that because Jesus Christ died for your sins, you have peace with God. So many of us have this image of God angry and disappointed, uh, barely could look at us, disgusted with us. But Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says that we have peace with God because of Jesus Christ. So if you think that you don't have peace with God, it's only because of two reasons. Either you don't know Jesus, and if you know that you know Jesus, then that means you're just not acknowledging him. So make sure you acknowledge him. It says to put on the helmet of salvation. Be sure of your salvation. Satan can't take that away. There's that verse, I believe it's in John chapter 10, where Jesus says that I know my sheep, they're in my hand, and nobody can take them out of my hand. Satan can't take you away. Be sure of your salvation. Be secure in your salvation. And I think one of my favorite parts, you know, of what it says here in this passage, Ephesians 6, says keep the word of God, you know, that's your sword. It refers, it, the Ephesians 6 refers to the word of God as a sword. And there's a reason. We're listing out the armor of God. And then we realize that, okay, we're, it's like we're taking a break from the armor. And now we're talking about weapons. The word of God is our weapon. I, I wonder what it's a weapon against. Of course, it's a weapon against the lies of Satan. It's a weapon against all false doctrine, all false gospel, all lies that Satan could be possibly telling you about yourself, about God, and so on. That's why we need to read our Bibles. I'm sorry. I know it's so cliche. I know, I know, and I know it's hard, but why do you think it's so hard? Why do you think it's so hard to read your Bible in the morning or in the evening or in the daytime? Why do you think that the first thing you want to do when you open up your Bible is fall asleep? You know why? Why would your enemy want you to have your sword in your hand? Come on now. Come on. We got to be, we got to understand the influences that's on us. Our enemy doesn't want our sword in our hand. It's not supposed to be easy for you to want to read your Bible when you first start off. Come on now. But we have to, we have to keep it tucked. I'm telling you, I know that sounds kind of weird, but no, we have to keep it on us. 
We have to. It's this one rapper. Uh, he's a Christian rapper. His name is Canola. Shout out to him, bro, because I'm not going to lie. I really like his music. Uh, he calls it like uh, the demon dropper. <laughs> he calls it the demon dropper or like, uh, I think he calls it like the scripture popper. I love it. I love it. I love all of that stuff. Man, read your Bible, yo. I know that's cliche, but it's, it's sometimes the reason why the cliche things are cliche is because they're true. And everybody knows that. It says, above all, have faith in God, though. That's what it says, Ephesians 6. Have faith in God. You know, we need God to overcome this world, ladies and gentlemen. We can't overcome it on our own. But when we are merged with God, when we join God, we have already overcome it because he has already overcome it. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you, just got done speaking to his disciples, that in me you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is what Jesus said. And he said this so we, his followers, can have peace. And the way that we, his followers, we, the followers of Christ, have peace is not because we never face any tribulation. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said you will indeed, as you are on this planet, face tri tribulation. Our hope and our peace does not come from never facing tribulation. But our hope and our peace comes from being able to go through this tribulation, holding God's hand, knowing that we are on the winning team. At the end of the day, all things work together for our good. And even after this life, we can say that we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers because he has already overcame it. We serve a God that has already overcome every trial, every tribulation, every obstacle that you will ever face in your life. You are an overcomer. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword as it is written? For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet... In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yet, in all these things, through tribulation, through distress, through persecution, through famine, through nakedness, through peril, through sword. Have you experienced any of these things? The word of God says that through all of those things, you are more than a conqueror. Emphasis on through him who loved us. Who is him who loved us and even loves us today is Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors in this life because of Jesus Christ. So the devil, the devil's going to constantly, he's going to send evil your way. He's going to try to kill you and kill your faith. And let me tell you something. Without God, those things will kill you. They'll off you. Absolutely. Spiritually and then physically. In that order. But with God, even those tribulations that God didn't stop from coming to you, he makes those things good. He makes the tribulation and the trials work for your good. Look at the story of Joseph. Sold into slavery by his brothers. His brothers did not sell him into slavery in order for him 
to then become a ruler of Egypt. His brothers sold him into slavery because they hated him and they wanted him to suffer for the rest of his life. But God used the slavery to be the vehicle for Joseph to fulfill his destiny. The vehicle for Joseph to become ruler. A ruler, have power and authority in Egypt. His brothers meant it for evil. They meant it for his suffering, but God meant it for his destiny. That's the different, that's how different the equation becomes when we cling to the Lord. It's through God that we're able to stand. It's through God that we are able to overcome. He's the answer to your problem. And I don't even know what your problem is. And your problem is very complex. Your problem is very deep. But God is the answer. What is your problem, by the way? How bad is it? How is the devil attacking you right now? And how far is that light at the end of the tunnel? I object to that analogy. I don't like the analogy of that being the human experience light at the end of the tunnel. I don't like that. I don't like that talk. I don't like the whole statement that, oh, we got to get to the light at the end of the tunnel because I feel like what it communicates, and you don't have to feel the same way, but what it communicates is that happiness, joy, peace is over there. The light at the end of the tunnel. And we have to get to that, the light at the end of the tunnel. We have to get there. We have to strive to get over there to experience the happiness, to experience the joy, to experience the peace. But no, when you have God, you're not waiting to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. God is the light. And he is the light that wants to shine through you. I'm telling you that my God wants to light up the tunnel. It's not about getting to the light at the end of the tunnel. He's the light that lights up the tunnel, I tell you. Man, that's the God that I serve. And I want so desperately, the reason why this podcast exists, the reason why this organization exists is because, man, I've been that person in the dark tunnel. And I saw the way that God lit me up. I saw it. I'm so proud of the human being that I am today. I tell you. But I know I can't say that it's because of me. I can't say that. It's because of God. I know where I came from. Is this one Mercy Chimo song that says, man may not understand how far you brought me. Some people won't understand, man. I know who Emmanuel Heke Jr. was. I know how insecure I was in myself. I know. But God is faithful. Let him light up your tunnel. Cry out to God with sincere heart. And he is going to hear you. I promise you. Not just once, not just twice. Every day. You will hear from God. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy and your love and your blessings and your provision and your protection, oh God. And I just pray that this message truly pierces the hearts and stains the minds 
of everyone that's listening, everyone that's watching. Oh God, help us to run to you and experience your light in our dark tunnels. Oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, those that have been calling out to your name, oh God, answer them and encourage them and uplift them and reach out to them and pull them out in the mighty name of Jesus. What those meant for evil, make it good. Hmm. Father, none of us will leave this earth separated from you, but we will be joined to you, fastly joined to you, and we will fulfill our destiny. It won't even be something that we're concerned about anymore. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. I love you guys. I love y'all, and I'm so privileged to get behind this mic once again. Episode 148. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.